Sometimes in the world of innovative approaches that make a significant impact, it comes down to the simplest thing that gets something started, like a conversation between father and daughter. I think she's happy to see what's happened. I think she's proud to know that she's played a part in it. I think she's just really excited that we're part of this larger help effort to, um, to help uh, the people of Ukraine. That's Chris Manson, Vice President of Government Relations, and I'm Shelley Dankoff, your host of Health Accelerated, brought to you by OSF Healthcare. On today's episode of Health Accelerated, we're heading to Ukraine. So you may be asking yourself, how does an innovative healthcare system headquartered in Peoria, Illinois, find itself in the middle of the action in a war-torn country 5,000 miles away? Well, to answer that question and so much more is Chris Manson, the Vice President of Government Relations for OSF Healthcare. Okay, Chris, so to quote the sound of music, let's start at the very beginning, which is a very good place to start with this one. This all began with a conversation with your then seven-year-old daughter, didn't it? It did. Um, We were watching the news one evening in uh, early March or end of February, and um, you know, news was talking about Ukraine and what we, you know, what was going on over there. And as she was uh, watching it, I would try and turn the channel before anything bad would come up. And this would kind of repeat itself a few nights because I wanted to see what was going on. And at some point, she uh, just—you could tell she was upset about what she was seeing, and it was bothering her. And at one point, she said, "Hey, Dad, is there anything that we can do to help out?" And that kind of hit me, kind of caught me off guard and, you know, made me think a little bit. And I said, well, I don't know. I'll think what I can do and I'll think about what we can do and we'll we'll figure something out. And uh, after a few days, kind of landed on this idea, this crazy idea of, well, maybe if we got an ambulance, filled it full of supplies, we could get it over to Ukraine and um, we could, you know, help some people out that way. So that's how the idea started. Um, I'll tell you, I called the Ukrainian consulate one night and said, uh, you know, hey, do you need this stuff? And they got back to me. I left a message. It was like probably 7 or 8 o'clock at night on a weekday. And uh, I think I got a call at like 10 or 11 o'clock the same night. And they said, yes, we need it. When can you get it to us? We would love to have this. And it was it was then that I realized, oops, I think I committed to getting an ambulance to Ukraine. And uh, I didn't have an ambulance, didn't have supplies, and I definitely didn't have a way to get it over there. And you use that term crazy idea more than once throughout this process because it really was. You just threw it out there probably a little bit to appease your daughter and say, well, I tried. And then it landed and it landed hard. So again, OSF Healthcare is headquartered in Peoria, Illinois. So your first starting point to try to find an ambulance is with the local ambulance provider, wasn't it? Yeah. The first person I went to was my boss at work, a sister. I said, hey, uh, sister, I have this crazy idea. I kind of feel called to do this. And of course, you know, you're lucky working for, I'm lucky working for a bunch of sisters. You tell them, hey, I feel a calling to do something. They're going to tell you, okay, go ahead and go do it. And they gave me not only the blessing, but they said, yeah, we, I think we can get you some supplies. So I said, okay. Uh, and then I reached out and made a phone call to a local ambulance provider, AMT of Central Illinois. And I called them, said, hey, I kind of gave them this rundown. said, I got this really crazy idea. I know it sounds crazy, but uh, is there any chance you can give me an ambulance that I could, uh, you know, send over there? And the, you know, there's a little pause for a second, and I was expecting a no or a maybe or a tell me more. But the only response I got was, well, what do you need, gas or diesel? So, you know, I tell people now, if you know, if you think about it, there's really two questions that kind of got this thing going. You know, Dad, can we do something? And uh, what do you need, gas or diesel? And, and with those two questions, uh, this kind of U.S. ambulances for Ukraine was started, and, you know, we're off to the races. Yeah, those early days, I can remember 
just seeing all of it. Because you had to figure out how to get an ambulance from central Illinois or Illinois in general, 5,000 miles. Yeah. No, I, you know, I work in government relations and um, maybe that's one of the benefits of working for a health system like ours. That's, uh, that is, um, you know, likes to be innovative, likes to try new things and likes to get out there and take the risk, right? Take the chance to do something different. I thought, well, if I get the ambulance, you know, I'm in government relations, I'll reach out to elected officials and we'll figure out a way to get it on a military aircraft and uh, we'll get it over there. That was, I thought the hard part would be getting the ambulance and I was wrong. I had the ambulance pretty much within about 24 hours of asking, um, getting an aircraft. Uh, I didn't get a military aircraft, but um, after a lot of trying and calling National Guard units and calling individual or private shipping companies and FedEx and UPS and all these other entities trying to figure out some way to help or try some way to get the ambulance over there. And everyone was really nice. They'd say, oh, we can't help you, but let's try this or try that. Finally, uh, with the help of the Ukrainian consulate out of Chicago, I got connected with the Ukrainian Medical Association of North America, again out of Chicago. They had received a bunch of supplies and were trying to figure out how to get those supplies over to Ukraine. And we got connected and they said, oh, you got an ambulance? I'm like, yeah. And, and I don't, they hadn't seen it, so they didn't know what it was all about. They didn't know if I was crazy or not. And they're like, all right, um, well, maybe we can make something work. And then I sent them some pictures and they got more excited. And then uh, sure enough, they got a big donation, enough to buy uh, to rent or lease three flights on uh, 747. And so on March 29th, uh, we loaded that 747 up with all of their pallets of cargo and my ambulance and I got to uh, be on that airplane on uh, that night in Chicago and see the ambulance, you know, come up the side of the aircraft and then be loaded in and basically be tied down inside. And it was at that point I'm like, wow, we got this ambulance uh, on an airplane and it's going to go to Ukraine. This is pretty crazy. This is great. And it, additionally to having the ambulance, it was loaded with supplies because you put the call out throughout the area and you said, you know, we're going to ship this here. And this was still early in the conflict yeah. taking place between Ukraine and Russia, but people wanted to do something to help the Ukrainian people. And so talk about the quick clot and the other donations that came in. That ambulance was jam-packed when it was put on that plane. <laughs> it sure was. And, and I know because when we picked up the ambulance, I had a garage full of supplies. And so it was myself, my wife, my daughter filling that thing up. And then, you know, at, at that point we were new in this game and so we thought we had to really itemize like every single item for customs. So we literally wrote down every item. So it was, it was a long night, but a great night. We put the call out. We said, hey, we've got this ambulance. We want to fill it up. AMT was great. They, they provided some hardware to fill it up, um, some great uh, cardiac monitors. And then OSF, like I mentioned earlier, they had agreed to provide supplies. So I took my own uh, Jeep to our uh, one of our warehouses and literally filled my Jeep up with a, with uh, boxes and boxes of supplies and um, took that home. And the local fire department gave us some stuff. I had other stuff from EMS providers all the way from Virginia. And, um, you know, by the time we were done, like you said, that, and oh, and then one of the other things, probably the, one of the coolest things, we had our um, employees, our mission partners. Once we knew when the aircraft was leaving, we set up a nice little uh, ceremony, like a blessing ceremony and just a chance for people to see the ambulance and again, if they wanted to, to help out and donate to uh, provide some a couple different things. So we basically said, hey, if you want to help out, you can buy some quick clot to help stop bleeding or you can buy thermal blankets. Again, this was in this was early March. So, I mean, it was still snow on the ground in Ukraine. So, you know, these are some opportunities to or things that would be needed. And so sure enough, uh, we parked that ambulance out front of our headquarters and we had tons of people show up, employees or mission partners and just 
filled that ambulance or filled boxes full of uh, quick clot and thermal blankets. And and again, I had uh, groups of um, nurses and others, you know, they spent, you know, their lunch money and um, their, their like collective um, snack money for, for a month or something. And they all bought quick clot and brought it over. And so, yeah, we filled that ambulance full of supplies. It was great. So from that seed that was planted back in March, it didn't take very long, you know, from the mighty acorn. I think the oak is getting bigger every day. (laughs) It was not that much longer than all of a sudden, here comes ambulance two and then three. Talk about the outreach started just coming in from all over the place, didn't it? Yeah, no, what ended up happening, again, I think there was some skepticism at first, like, hey, uh, 2014 ambulance, is it worth sending on an airplane? Who is this guy? Yeah, this sounds like a crazy idea. And then when people saw the ambulance, when the Ukrainian government saw the ambulance on the airplane, they looked in the doors, they looked inside, they saw the equipment, they they saw how great the uh, ambulance was. I mean, they, you know, new tires on it, the whole the whole nine yards. When they saw all that, they're like, hey, this is pretty darn cool. So I think it was March 29th. I want to say April 1st or right around that time, I got a couple phone calls from a few different people, Ukrainian government included, saying, hey, we liked your ambulance. Can you get us another one? And in fact, they said, well, we need 20 more. And I laughed. They said, 20, oh my gosh, I, you know, this is a one-time thing, but I'll see if I can find you a second one. And yeah, there was a plane leaving on April 11th. I reached out to another health system. They wanted to remain anonymous, but sure enough, they kind of said, well, we, we think we got one for you, but we're a big organization, so we kind of moved slow. And I'm like, ah, you know, okay, if you can get it, great. That, I mean, that'd be amazing. If not, I understand but um, I'll be darned if I didn't call them on a Thursday and by, I think, the next Tuesday or Wednesday, I had their ambulance on a flatbed truck heading back to Chicago and, sure enough, was uh, put on an airplane and flown out. And like you said, after that, I actually went to Ukraine. And while I was there on that first trip, I got ambulances three, four, and five. And uh, from there, it's continued to grow. Okay, so you talk about, and I love how you just nonchalantly said, yeah, so I just went to Ukraine. Okay, there was fighting, there's a war going on, and you just, and I can remember, because we had conversations during this time, and I was just like, you're doing what? And how will we know if you're safe? So I get you're a former Marine. I understand that. But talk about just going in country and what it was like to drive those ambulances across the it's a process it's not like you just yeah. land at the Kiev airport and hey here's a <laughs> here's a ambulance and offload it there's a lot to the process even once you get it across the ocean and over there yeah well the, the first time I went it was literally just to kind of meet people to make sure that the the need was there and to kind of just make sure that there's some accountability since I was asking people to give me an ambulance I want to make sure that they're going to get into the right hands and and just get a sense as to what was going on so that first trip, I didn't even uh, have an ambulance with me. I had two over there, but I literally um, had a. I, I went to a location in Poland. I stayed there a night, and then I took a cab to the border. I had, like you said, I didn't kind of know what was going on or what the situation would be like. So I had a Kevlar vest, I had a helmet, um, and a backpack, and I walked across the border with some medical supplies. And I, I walked across. I had a letter from the Ukrainian government saying I was there. Um, as one of their guests or, you know, with their authorization to help them out with some stuff. They met me on the other side of the border, and then they took me to a place called Rivna where I got to meet the governor, the regional governor there, tour a hospital very similar to ours in size, and check out their fire department and see a few things. And when I came back, pretty quickly after that, I got ambulances six and seven, and the first five went by aircraft. The ambulances six and seven, and then everything since then, we sent via ship. One, because of size, the ambulances were a little too big. 
And then two aircraft, sometimes it's it's hit and miss if you can get them, so you need some dependability. So the uh, second shipment, or the first shipment by boat, ambulances six and seven, turned about turned out to be my second trip. We uh, sent those over, um, and then in late June, I flew out to Poland with a couple people, and we picked I picked up with the uh, ambulances in Poland, and then yeah, we drove them from Poland, drove across the border, you know, went through the checkpoint. You know, I don't speak. Polish, I don't speak Ukrainian, but you make it work. And, you know, the people I was with, they spoke Ukrainian, so they kind of made the Polish work somehow. And after a few hours, you get across. And, um, yeah, we ended up driving those into um, Rivna and then eventually into Kiev on that second trip. And we turned those two ambulances over to the Ministry of Health. It just so happened that we turned them over on July 4th, which was really cool. And, and I mean, they recognized the, the significance of it. I picked up on it, and it, it was just kind of a cool feeling because you really felt that Ukrainians were fighting for their independence. So it just seemed like an appropriate date, and it just, and it just worked out by luck. Let's talk about the Ukrainian reaction when you're over there. And you've just talked about how the appreciation for the people that you have met because they're just blown away that is kind of like that little engine that could out of Peoria, Illinois, and you keep showing up with ambulances. And not just ambulances, but we're now up to fire engines too. So, I mean, they kind of probably, for them, it's like shooting an arrow in the dark. It lands on this board, and here comes Chris Manson in with this stuff. So talk a little bit about the appreciation they have felt and... They even have a tough time conveying it, don't they? No, they do. I mean, it's. I mean, they're, the people are amazing, and I mean, they're dealing with some really. I mean, they're dealing with amazingly, just incredibly tough situations, right. and they're dealing with life and death. And I've seen some of the ambulances that we've sent over that I've driven in actually have had you know messages written on the ambulances, and I've seen people walk up to the messages, touch the messages. And you could, I mean, I saw, I've seen men, women, children cry reading the messages. You see people that speak English, translating them to the people that don't speak English. You see um, the few messages that are in Ukrainian and they realize they see those messages and you see an instant smile on their face. It's hard to explain just to um, see truly how important I think the messages are just as much as the ambulances because I think they're, this is a small country going up against this, you know, Russia, you know, probably up until this war, considered probably this what second strongest military in the world. And I mean, that's tough. And they do feel alone, even though they got all kinds of support, they're the ones that are fighting it. So, you know, to have a vehicle roll up and to see messages or to see cards inside or to see, you know, quilts that were made by some local community in Iowa or in Illinois or Virginia or something, or Minnesota, it just, they just, love that and it's they really are incredibly um appreciative in fact i get messages to this day from people either i'll get some messages from some that are asking for ambulances i get messages from people thanking me for ambulances and then sometimes i get pictures of the ambulances in use with you know hey thanks you know for this ambulance it's transported this many wounded and you know this is where it's at and you know just please pass on to the donors how appreciative we are and so i that's something i always try to remember too is it's such a huge effort. I mean, it's, yeah, I'm, I'm, you know, the guy talking to you right now, but you know, you've got all those employees that donated the quick clot and the blankets. You've got the people that donated the ambulances. You've got the people that worked on the ambulances. I've got some people right now working on ambulances for free, making some upgrades as those ambulances are getting ready to go over to Ukraine. I mean, I've got individuals now that are buying ambulances 
so that aren't even they're not fire departments they're not ambulance provider just john q public that's got a name that wanted to buy an ambulance and bought one so it, it's crazy there was a poignant moment you've received letters like you said from the ukrainians and there was one came from a military member um share that story because it's just just tough to imagine yeah when we first started sending ambulances over it was the first couple were kind of shots in the dark. I was giving them to the Ukrainian military or the Ukrainian government. And, you know, I kind of just relied on the Ministry of Health or others to make sure they got someplace. And, and luckily they did. They got to where they needed to be. And I've I've seen the proof of that. And I've seen, I've actually seen ambulances we've donated in Ukraine. But since then, I've had the luxury or the benefit of being able to get specific letters from different military commanders saying, hey, I've got this military unit. This is where we're stationed. This is where we're going to be. Um, and we don't have a means to, to evacuate our medical, uh, our, our wounded or injured personnel. And so I've received quite a few of those. And one of the ones I received was from a, a unit. It was the 28th uh, Separate Me- Mechanized Brigade down near Kherson in the southern part of the country. And I'd received a letter and communicated with this unit, and, and they'd asked for an ambulance. And I said, okay, we got you one. I know exactly which one we're going to get you. It's a four-wheel drive. It's diesel. It'll be perfect for what you need. And, you know, I was like, great, thanks. We can't wait to get it. And um, within probably a couple weeks of letting them know the ambulance was going to be on its way, the commander was killed in combat. And it's one of those things where we didn't get it there in time to help him. And I don't know if it would have helped him or not. But um, I can tell you now that the ambulance is with his men and women that that are serving in that unit. So I take some uh, solace in knowing that, you know, if nothing else, his unit has an ambulance that he requested for his troops. Where do we stand numbers-wise now as far as total quantity of ambulances? And it's not just ambulances. There's fire engines, too, that have gone. Where do we stand? We'll probably be closer to 40 or 50 ambulances and fire engines by the time, you know, within the next month or two. Does it... I think the other thing to point out to people, this isn't just a central Illinois thing. This has really spread across the country, hasn't it? Yeah, it has. I've got... uh, it's interesting. I've Peoria, Illinois, is definitely the 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 birthplace of this, and I take pride in that. And I will tell you the first the first two ambulances we drove in, one was from Ohio, one was from Illinois. I made sure I drove the Illinois ambulance, so you know, made sure of that. But I've got ambulances now coming from New Mexico. I've got ambulances that'll probably be coming from Colorado. Um, I've got I've had ambulances from Minnesota and North Dakota. Um, Wisconsin will be in this next convoy. Virginia will be, I think I'm going to have five ambulances from Virginia alone in the next convoy. We've got ambulances from all over the country. Tennessee, Ohio, Iowa has been a big provider of ambulances. So, you know, and, and I think the we're just getting started because the word's getting out. And as people talk to others and fire chiefs talk to others and that kind of thing happens. And we've been in some really good recent publications about in the fire service and in the EMS uh, world. And as that information spreads, um, now I'm starting to get the phone calls and the emails. And so I think, like I said, right now the farthest west is New Mexico. I think we're going to do better than that. And I guess the farthest south of my my geography here, it's either going to be Tennessee or Virginia, depending on, and I got to look at a map. But so, the, but I think we'll do better than that. And we got to get into the northeast. I haven't, I'm not there yet, so we'll work on that. When this airs, we'll be into the start of 2023. They'll be coming up, marking the year of that war and plugging along. And, you know, what does it do for you? You know, it's still kind of that season of hope that we're in. Does this help give 
hope. We, we see the news stories. I mean, they don't have power. They don't have heat. They don't have electricity. And so many of us can't even imagine that. Is this that one glimmer that if this is what we can do, let's keep doing it? Yeah, I mean, I, I think, you know, there's a couple things. I mean, there's a lot... There's a lot you see in the news. I mean, just in general, like you or me, you know, here in the United States, there's just so much stuff that's just like, oh my gosh, what just happened, right? And it can be really disheartening. And, you know, what's going on with this world? Then you put a war in the middle of it, or, right? And it's just like, wow, there's got to be better. And this just can't be it. But then I got to tell you, the an effort like this, um, you know, I've had the benefit, the luxury um, to see people, you know, person to person, I got to see people react and receive these ambulances and see that joy. And, and that's been very uplifting. But I will tell you, just as uplifting has been the response from people in the United States. Like I said, I'll be the first to admit there's a lot of bad things that are happening on a day-by-day basis in the United States that can depress the heck out of you. Um, but you got to understand when I've asked for help with this effort, this crazy idea, um, in the past nine months, I don't think I've received a single no. Nobody, I mean, nobody has said no to me. They might not have an ambulance, but if they don't have an ambulance, they'll refer me to somebody. If they don't have an ambulance, maybe they have a gurney. If they don't have a gurney, maybe they've got bandages. Um, I just got a call, or yeah, I got a call today, somebody that read something in the newspaper and said, hey, um, I understand you're, you know, you're collecting these ambulances. I want to go ahead and give you, um, I want to be able to send you some money or I want to buy a bunch of sleeping bags to help out here, you're looking for sleeping bags also. So, you know, can I buy you some sleeping bags? Um, and they ended it with, I hope I can buy you some sleeping bags or I hope you can get back to me so that I can sleep at night because I want to know that I've done something to help. And, I mean, that to me is, that is what I've seen over and over again um, in America around this effort. And that's made me, um, or that's given me a lot of joy and a lot of, you know, that, that, that helps you put things in perspective that there are a lot of good people in this world, in this country. You just got to, there's a chance to do something right, you know, do it and, you know, go with that crazy idea and you know, just see what happens. I'll ask you the question. Did you or your daughter ever imagine that this is where this would go? No, when I, <laughs> when I was on that, when I was on the 747, I remember going, well, yeah, when I was on the 747, I remember saying, I did it. Okay, we're good. <laughs> All the people I've told, all the people that I told this crazy idea to, I mean, at one point there was a little bit of embarrassment. I'm like, oh yeah, um, telling my boss or telling coworkers, oh, I'm collecting an ambulance so I can go ahead and send it to Ukraine. Okay, Chris, you know that sounds kind of interesting. Or good luck with that. Sure, you're going to get in an aircraft, and then to be at that airport in Chicago at O'Hare to be on that 747 and to see that plane, um, to see that ambulance in my plane, I was like all right, I'm done. I'm out of here. This is, you know, it's over. Um, you know, it's just, we're done. And, um, and honestly, I thought that was going to be it, but you know, at the same time, you could also tell there was something magical about it. There was something special about it. And you could see the way people looked at the ambulance and the way they touched it. Like people would touch it when they knew where it was going. They knew it had been blessed by priests. They knew that they were for a bunch of sisters um, they knew that um, our employees had put stuff in it. People just, they, they literally walked up and touched the ambulance like it was like some sort of um, relic or something or some, there's something special about it. And so 
you could see that and you, you knew that, okay, well maybe there's more to this than, you know, just the ambulance. And, and here we are. What's your daughter's takeaway at this point? She's really happy. She gets a little bit nervous when I go to Ukraine, but she sure. loves uh, Ukrainian chocolate. So the deal is if I go over, she, you know, she, uh, make, she, she mentions to me, hey, Dad, I don't want you to go, but if you're going to go, you know, I want you to bring some Ukrainian chocolate and we'll call it good. So um, <laughs> she likes that. She likes the fact, I, I don't show, like I said, I receive some pictures that, you know, updates. I don't show some stuff. Um, I don't share some stuff with her, but other times I share things and I think she's very proud uh, I think she's happy to see what's happened. I think she's proud to know that she's played a part in it. I think she's just really excited that we're part of this larger help effort to um, to help uh, the people of Ukraine. So let's talk about that larger effort. If people want to help, I mean, because we're still, they're able to help. What can they do? How can they help? And where do they find you? <laughs> well, uh, if someone is, so if someone has an ambulance in their garage or they, if they know of an ambulance or a fire engine, it's in good shape. Um, you know, it doesn't need to be brand new, but if it's you know if it's operate if it's mechanically sound and it's they want to donate it or they know someone that has one or they want to talk to their fire department or their ambulance provider, um, they can always uh, reach out to me uh, at my email, which is uh, Christopher. M. Manson at osfhealthcare.org, and they can you know put reach out to me and I can help them. I can you know provide the information about what we're doing where things are at at the moment, um, pictures, all that kind of, I can provide all those details. Or if they'd like to, they can also, um, they, they go to a UA, uh, uaresistance.org. It's a, a website, and it's the group that I've been working with that's helped to ship the ambulances. Um, they're a group that, I mean, I've, I know they're legitimate because they've actually paid to ship these ambulances before even asking for any money. In fact, they shipped, I think, 11 ambulances basically out of just a few people's pockets just to get them over there um but we're because now we got more and more and we have fire engines and stuff where they're raising some money and they're doing a great job so that'd be another way uaresistance.org i think it's like ua hash or ua-resistance.org but you can find it and um like i said they're a good organization so that'd be that'd be the um, other way and um i think that, that yeah that would be it well chris manson uh it's been a wild ride for 2022. We'll see what 2023 holds. Uh, and congratulations. That crazy idea has just taken off and it's made a lot of people feel pretty darn good. So thank you. Oh, thank you. And thank you for all the help that you've provided. It's been, uh, it's been great. And I love, I always love sending you the messages while I'm in Ukraine and, you, and the messages you send back are, they always make me laugh. So thank you. <laughs> Usually it's one of relief going, okay, you're there. <laughs> or what are, you, what are you doing? <laughs> and you better <laughs> <Yeah>. be safe. <laughs> exactly. So, There's a little yeah. bit of that, but that's, it's good to know that, uh, are you have any trips going back anytime soon? Yeah, I'll probably be delivering this next convoy. I mean, I can't, I mean, the first time I went, I just had to go. The second time I was like, oh, I'm going to drive some ambulances. And so I got to check that out. And the third, uh, third trip was well geez that's seven ambulances that's the largest uh, amount of american ambulances going over to ukraine in the history of this conflict so i've got to go for that of course and now i'm up to 10 ambulances and a fire engine this will be the first fire engine from the united states and 10 ambulances i don't i know of no other entity that's shipped 10, 10 u.s ambulances to ukraine so yeah i mean of course i've got to go so if i can get permission from my wife i'll be good to go and that's you know <laughs> that's the one issue that i'm working yeah. on but i think i'll be okay yeah 
well, you know you go with blessings of everybody here. So. Well, thank you. Thank you for uh, taking your time to bring us up to date. And again, uh, more information in the details if you want to help Chris and the initiative to provide ambulances and other items to the folks fighting in Ukraine for their for their freedom, what we all appreciate. Yep. Thanks, thank Chris. You. Thank you for joining us for this edition of Health Accelerated, brought to you by OSF Healthcare. Listen and subscribe on your favorite podcast app. You can also find links to any of our episodes on the OSF Newsroom at newsroom.osfhealthcare.org.